nothing... It's part of me. It's part of it's part of our story yeah. and our history. Yeah. <sighs> and that's gone now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm heart sick about it. Yeah. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. Don't look at me like that. I won't be able to do it all. You got it. We're your hosts. (laughs) You got it. Where are your hosts? <laughs> Just because I can't say it doesn't mean I don't know what to say. <laughs> oh my okay. word. Okay. Uh, we're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, how to walk through loss with your spouse. Yeah. I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to say or not. That's close enough, honey. Uh, yeah. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. Okay. How you doing right now, honey? How's the last day or the so The last been? 24 hours has kind of sucked a little bit. Yeah, the last 24 hours has been really, really hard. And it changed within 30 seconds. Uh, it was uh, not even 30 seconds. It was faster than that. Yeah. You were doing really good. So the background of the story is... We just got back from a cruise. Yeah, we went on a three-day work cruise for me Yeah, out of Seattle to test out a new, uh, not a new cruise ship, but a ship that's just getting ready to start their Alaska yeah. season. And um, we had a wonderful time. Lovely Got boat. to explore the ship, find out lots of yep. really cool things, experience a lot of really, really cool things. Went to Victoria, BC, which yeah. is a beautiful city for the four square blocks that we got to see of it. <laughs> right. It looks lovely. Mm-hmm. And then we got back on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. We disembark. About we seven thirty, eight o'clock yep. in the morning. We walk to our car and load everything up and get in the car and we drive home. Yeah. And about an hour and a half after leaving, we're, we're driving down the a, freeway. Yeah, we're listening to a podcast I've been wanting Paul to listen yep. to. And I do like I always do every day for the last 30 years, reached yeah. up to just adjust the collar on my shirt and adjust my necklace yep. that that Paul got me um, while we were dating yep. and it wasn't there. Yeah. And that first feel of like it was instantaneous panic, terror, confusion, you name it. I felt it all in a matter of seconds. Yeah. Panicked hysteria hit yeah. like almost instantaneously. Yeah. And I couldn't control the sobs that just started yeah flooding exploding from me yes sobs are a good description of it yeah and it was like just get me off the road i need out of this car it was horrible it was absolutely horrible so we drove for the next three minutes to the next off ramp and then we pulled off it was only three minutes it felt like 10 nope nope it was probably less than that we pulled off in the parking lot of somewhere, and I get out, and you get out, and I just put my arms around you. Yeah, you it was just awful. It still saw. is awful. It wasn't just awful. It's still awful. Let's kind of go through this a little bit because, again, you and I are not unique in the situation. There is always going to be situations where one person in a relationship has something 
emotionally flooding for them. It's, it can be usually sadness or anger or some sort of negative emotion typically is what it is, right. painful emotion. And it can take over people's bodies. It can take over their whole physical system and their emotional state. And knowing how to kind of walk with your spouse through that, I think is an important skill to learn if you want to become a good husband or a good wife in the relationship. Absolutely. You reached up and you, it wasn't there. And the minute it's like, I can't find my necklace. I went into box three quickly, which is let's solve Solve the problem. So did you check down your shirt? Did you shake out your sweatshirt? Is it in your bra somewhere? I'm moving through all of these. Here's how to solve it. And we're going to find it and everything's going to be okay. And you quickly did all of that and it wasn't there. No. And you were just crying hard. And I mean, like uncontrollable, unconsolable sobbing. Right. And And I started at that moment, started looking for a place to get off the road. I wasn't going to pull over to the side of the road. Which really irritated me because it's like, I just wanted out now. I was in such distraughtness. I don't know if that's a word. But I was so distraught that sitting in that seat was physically uncomfortable for me it was just like i need either you to be holding me or i need to be out of where i'm at now because this is unbearable yeah you needed to be consoled you needed to be cared for you needed to not be in it by yourself right probably yeah i don't i don't know i just know what i felt yeah Yeah. you're the expert you can you can say what i needed so for the next three minutes we drove down the freeway and i had already moved over into the slow lane behind some trucks looking for the next exit and and was already planning on doing that and you that's when you started saying stop the car stop the car i need to get out it's like honey We're not going to stop the car on the side of the road. That's not very safe, but I am stopping the car as soon as possible. So you had to give just a little bit there. You were not in your thinking rational brain. No, you were just talking and I was thinking my normal response to situations is a freeze. Mm -hmm. But I think I was having a flight flight response at that point. Just get me out of here now. And my rational brain was working really well at that moment and then I was like I need to take care of my wife but I need to do it in a way that's going to be safe and appropriate and you did and the great thing is is that you handled it kindly and compassionately you didn't get frustrated with me because I just was like get off now pull over now why can't you pull over and you didn't get frustrated or irritated or tell me to calm down or the typical response from people when they see that someone appears by all appearances seems to be overreacting yeah and i wasn't overreacting i was responding to what i was feeling on the inside and it was appropriate and not ridiculous absolutely we pull over i have you take off your sweatshirt and i turn it inside out it's not there i go to the back of the truck i start looking through the luggage it's not there it's not in the bags the necklace is gone we reach down in the crack we look in the crack of the chairs the chairs i'm reaching all around inside my shirt and 20 minutes 20 minutes earlier we had stopped at a walmart to go pee because it's a three-hour drive and we needed a snacky and a bathroom break and we're going did it fall off back there we don't know where it fell off and again we're trying to solve this problem but there's really nothing to solve we have no idea where to even start where to find this thing but you are just hurting you are sad you are distraught at the moment and after 10 minutes of sitting in the parking lot there and just holding you you get back in the car 
and we keep doing our trip south, heading heading back to Portland. And just cried the whole way home. And it just came in waves. You'd it be did. quiet for a minute, and then the next, next sob would come. And let's talk about how valuable this necklace is, okay? Money-wise, I can tell you this is not an expensive necklace. I bought it when I was 21, 20, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. It's not an expensive necklace. It's not the monetary value that is what is missing here. Keep talking so I don't feel uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a large necklace either. It's just a little heart with a little stone in it. And it's just a simple gold chain. But the way you've described it is every morning you've woken up, you've put this necklace on mm-hmm. and you've described that, you know, the feel of every corner and every edge yeah. of this as you would play with it for yeah. years and I, years. And I know years. what it feels like between my fingers. I yeah. like the, the feeling of it. Yeah. I would play with it while I had it on because I liked how it felt. Mm. Um, I know where it would sit on my chest. Yeah. I know how to, I know how to, clasp it in you know two seconds even though i can't see where the clasps are anymore yeah um because i just can't see even if i have my glasses on it's still too tiny to see um it's familiar to you yeah you and and you it was the first piece of jewelry that you gave me when we were dating and i'm not i'm not a jewelry person like a lot of women like to get diamonds or things like that or different kinds of jewelry and and wear different stuff and I'm a pretty standard, simple, simple, simple. Taste. I love that necklace. I've, I've got a couple other ones that I might switch out yeah. occasionally, but nothing that I have that I wear every single day. It's, nothing, it's part of me. It's part of it's part of our story yeah. and our history. Yeah. <sighs> and that's gone now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm heart sick about it. Yeah. And, and I keep feeling like it's just a piece of jewelry. I shouldn't be this upset about it or I should be over being sad. Yesterday in the car, I told myself, I'm giving myself permission to feel sad about it today. Yeah. It's, it's, it's okay to feel sad about it t- today, but tomorrow get up and get back to life. Get back to life. And it's not possible. Is it? No, it's not possible. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. You're not doing this wrong. What I oftentimes tell people is we usually cry when we lose something of value. Not always financial value, but meaning emotional value, relational value. We don't cry when we take out the garbage because there's (laughs) there's nothing of value there. It's just junk. It's just garbage. We don't care if we lose that. But when we lose the things that are important to us. Unless someone cleans our stuff up and throws the stuff that we find valuable away. (laughs) And that's where that's a whole nother podcast episode. But in today's episode, we know what was lost. Right. And we know why it was important. It's what it represents. It is 30 years of our relationship has been lost in some, in some small, tiny way. Right. And, and I am, I am heartbroken. I am sad as well. Not to the same degree as you. I didn't have the same relationship with this piece of jewelry, but I'm sad because I've enjoyed watching you wear that for 30 years. Right. 
And it kind of represents when I was very ignorant and dumb as to what girls like. I didn't know how to woo a wife. And I, I'm glad to say that I've improved and progressed in that in some way. And this was kind of a little reminder, a little representation of where we were and where we are now. And it is hard. It is hard to watch you grieve, honey. Yeah, it's hard to do it too. Yeah, I know it is. The grieving process has several steps for us. Again, it's a little necklace, but for other people, it might be the loss of things much more substantial. I've sat with clients who have lost children to diseases and people whose houses have burned down and and lost jobs. All these things carry differing weights, but the grieving process is typically the same. Yesterday, we were in the very quickly the denial phase of no, 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 this can't be happening. This isn't true. It's in here somewhere. I got to find it. It's it's lost in there. I can't believe this is happening. And then you move to the why phase. Why did this happen? I can't believe this happened. Then you get, you said this morning you were, or last night you were kind of last night. I was just angry. I was just so angry that it's gone. Yeah. I thought I was moving through the phases pretty (laughs) fast. Really the hard part is, I mean, it's all hard, but Yesterday we got home yeah, and I was just exhausted. When you cry that hard and you have that many emotions is physically exhausting. And so I took a nap thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'll be able to reset myself at least a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that didn't work because the entire time that I slept, I had dreams that I lost my necklace. Even in my rest, it wasn't rest. I mean, it wasn't realistic, a realistic type of dream. Right. But I was still grieving the loss of my necklace in the dream. So it didn't reset me. No. And I thought, okay, last night I thought, all right, I'll get an, a good night's sleep and I'll feel better in the morning. No, no, I didn't. That didn't happen because all night long I tripped that I'd lost my necklace. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like to sit in feelings like this for very long. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. On top of just feeling bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate admitting to myself, you just have to let it be there. You have to just sit in the feelings for as long as they last. But I don't want to get trapped or stuck. No. And you, I don't want to be here forever. And that's what it feels like. That's I know. what I worry about. I know. And it seems so silly because it's just a little piece of jewelry. It's not just a little piece of jewelry. It's what it represents. Right. And you won't be stuck here forever, but you don't know that yet. Your (laughs) brain can't even process that information because you're in the middle of it right now. Your subconscious, even when you're sleeping, is trying to figure out this problem. Right. You haven't gotten to the acceptance phase yet. But that's what happens for everybody who goes through... Deep seasons of loss. But there's some rational part of me that knows that those are supposed to come and wants them here now. Yeah. So you just get it over with. But I can't change it no matter how rational or or how um, logical. I know. I know I'm in my crazy mind. Yeah. Your survival brain. My survival brain, which I call crazy mind. I'm not so in it that I don't know that there's not. Yeah. And I just, I don't want to be in my survival brain anymore. I know. If you burn your hand, can you go, okay, this really hurts. This sucks. (laughs) I want it to stop hurting. I want it to be healed right now. No. No. There's a biological time frame 
for your body to heal. And there's a biological time frame for your heart to heal. Most people don't know that. The reason that we're making a podcast about this isn't to kind of throw you under the bus and make you cry in front of a microphone again. It's because this happens to both of us. This The sadness and the loss and the grief is happening to you, but I'm in this with you and I want to know how to help you the best. Yesterday in the moment, the best thing I could do is just simply pull over and put my arms around you and yeah. hold you because I can't fix it. I can't get into box three and solve it. It wouldn't be helpful if I try to rationalize it with you. It's just a little necklace. Right, we can just exactly. We can get a replacement. It's not that big a deal. And because because my brain is already trying to tell me that yeah. to make me f- just yeah. not have to sit in it. And but that's so, not helpful and, if I start No, and you've that. been very good at telling me it's not just a little thing because it really truly no. isn't. No, it isn't. It isn't. Um, when you woke up this morning, I could see on your face that you weren't better yet. And so I'm not expecting you to have a good day. I'm expecting you to be in a survival day. And that means you take the day and you just cry some more like right now. Yeah. It's so frustrating too, because I have plans and goals and things that I want to accomplish and I just don't can't get through it right now. And sometimes the grief takes over the goals. That's how it works. Sometimes, sometimes the grief takes over the goals. And so when Sam and I left this morning, it's like, take care of your heart you watched a tv show or you did whatever you needed to do to take care of yourself you weren't you weren't accomplishing much and that is okay that's okay you're not going to be feeling better tomorrow by the way oh thanks <laughs> oh that's not good news no huh? it's not okay but I have, it, I have a half marathon i, I do know. it next saturday i have to i have to feel better before then <laughs> Honey, you will feel better to be able to do a half marathon next week. Okay? You will you will get out of this. And my friend Beth, who's the energizer bunny, will keep yep. me going through the whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And based upon people's constitution, their their personality and stuff like that, some people survive or get over these things a little faster than other people. Sure. And or depending upon what is lost, again, relationship stuff versus material things, people process those in, in different ways. As your spouse, it's my job to know you, to study you. This is one of the six parts of the secure marriage framework. This is falls under the needs. I know you and I know how you're wired and I know you're not going to be better by tomorrow. And that is okay. I don't have expectations that you are supposed to be better. I appreciate that. And you can take the time that you need to feel sad over a silly little necklace because it's not a little necklace. Right. That's what it represents. Yeah. Again, the whole reason we're doing this episode is because sometimes it's hard for husbands when their wives are having these strong emotions and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to fix it. They don't know how to comfort or care. Maybe this will give people a glimpse into what it looks like. This is how it's supposed to work. And also for people who are experiencing that loss that they've 
something of small material value, but great sentimental value is lost or something that is important. Again, physical health or you know, right. material possessions that are lost at some point. That grieving is real. That grieving hurts. That grieving lasts. And it takes a while for you to naturally move through that. You can either fight it or you can accept it and you can be okay with where you're at in that process. And right now you're just still in the deep loss and sadness phase. You're not in the acceptance phase yet. Right. And that's okay. Well, here's a couple things that I appreciate is I don't remember you going into problem solving mode when we were in the car mm. when I first noticed. Mm. I, I don't remember that. But what I do appreciate is that you waited till we got home mm -hmm. to say, let me see if I can figure out some uh, some things to do. Let me, I'll, to, I'll look and see if there's a number I can call to, to yeah. talk to someone. You offered to try to um, help, help, solve, help the solve the problem so yeah. that I wasn't in it alone, and yeah. I appreciated that. I appreciated you offering to drive all the way back to Seattle to the cruise terminal today yeah. to to see if there was someone there that could go onto the ship. We knew we wouldn't be able to. We don't even know if the ship right. is still there or not, right. if they're making another quick little run before the season starts. Um, but your willingness to, to make a six-hour or six-and-a-half, seven-hour round trip to, yeah. to see if we could to see if we could get that, even though you already had plans to go do some stuff with the boys today. Yeah. And so I appreciated your willingness to to sacrifice your whole day yeah. to see if we could find that. That makes me feel cared for. Mm. It didn't feel like you were trying to get me to quit feeling. You'd already validated my feelings mm -hmm. and told me what I was feeling was appropriate and expected and understandable and legitimate and all of those things that, that I question. Yeah. But then your willingness to do something that big to yeah. try to fix it. Yeah. Or at least make an attempt to see if it could even be fixed. Yeah. And then this morning you found a, a form online to fill out and Yeah. Lost and property you, form. And you made a phone call yeah. to see. And so I appreciate those things. And and those are things that that being a travel agent, I should know and, and be able to do and take care of because if that were to happen for my clients. Yeah. But when you're in that emotional state, you're not learning really, how to be a better travel agent. No, in that it moment. really doesn't. It no. doesn't. It's just kind of lost on you. Yeah. yeah. And so I appreciate you taking the initiative after hmm. you validated and took care of my heart. Yeah. Can and I, that's really really important if yeah. you had tried to do that well let's see if we can find it when i'm still in the midst of all the like sobbing strong emotions it probably would have just i don't know i probably would have gotten mad like just I, yeah. I can't think i can't why are you asking me these i can't think mm. um so one other thing that i appreciate about all this is how our boys responded to this because oh, when i yeah. told them what happened Isaac just went, oh, man, yeah, I can't believe that. And then Sam, <laughs> Sam is our, our middle kid. He is just super sad. And so he he was downstairs, and then later in the night he came up, and he has a big bag of um, Reese's, Reese's peanut, peanut butter cups. Cup. He comes over and he goes, 
mom, will this help you? And so he hands you three or four and then you're still just, crying because of his tenderheartedness. Right. And he goes, he's throwing Reese's peanut butter <laughs> cups at you. Out of the bag. And he looks at me and goes, dad, this isn't working. She's still crying. <laughs> and he's throwing pe- peanut butter cups at you. Just a beautiful gesture. And you're both crying and laughing at the yeah. same time. We've got good kids. We do. And, and they care about you too. Yep. So again, this is a, uh, um, uh, one of these real life episodes that we don't script, we can't plan for it. There's no way in the world we would ever sacrifice this this necklace to make a stupid <laughs> podcast episode. But when it happens, um, we want to offer our lives and help right. other couples out there who are trying to get better at their relationship to say, oh, this is what it can look like. And maybe we're not alone in this. Right. So... Thank you for listening, dear listeners who are out there. Thank you for walking through this journey. We're hoping, I'm hoping that in a week and a half, two weeks, we're going to get a little envelope in the mail from the cruise line and there's going to be a necklace in it going, your steward found this in the room and so we put this in an envelope and we mailed it to you. That I'm would, hoping that that's how it's going to turn out. That would be really lovely. We, we don't know if that's how it's going to be. So. No, probably won't happen. No. We have to move to that acceptance phase. We'll get to it eventually. So anyway, I'm going to go take care of my wife now, everybody. We hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you later. Okie doke. Bye-bye. Bye. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, how to walk through loss with your spouse. I like the way I do it better than you. (laughs)